Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm James Deacon and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to you. And here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is former Home Secretary Jackie Smith. Hello, James. Hi, Jackie. Thanks for coming in. My pleasure. I really appreciate it. Um, Should we dive in? Who's going to be your first choice? My first person who it would be an utter nightmare for me to be stranded with is Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson. Well, that's probably not a massive surprise, knowing where I am. <laughs> I did well, that. though, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's not just about his politics. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I know plenty of Tories who I wouldn't mind being stranded on a desert island with. The thing about Boris that drives me up the wall, and, you know, we can come to his recent shenanigans around the burqa, but, um, you know, this is... I try not to judge people by their backgrounds, um, you know, either posh or otherwise, but one of the things that I find really difficult to stomach about Boris is that he is a man who's had every opportunity in life, um, you know, a good education, uh, all of the privileges, and yet he has managed to prove himself to be, uh, I think, lazy, um, given the opportunity to have one of the best jobs in government as foreign secretary. He just looked as if he was winging it the whole time, and when he wasn't winging it, he was being offensive. I worked with him when I was Home Secretary when he was Mayor of London, and this is the type of man who... For a meeting that I was chairing on the security arrangements for the 2012 Olympics, turned up so late on his bike with his hair all over the shop uh, for the, a security meeting that we'd come to the end of the agenda. And he wanted me to go back to the beginning with a bunch of other ministers and people, uh, you know, being made to go through the whole agenda again. I, I refused to do it. And he had a sort of bit of harumph about him. But it's that type of entitlement coupled with idleness that drives me up the wall, I'm afraid. Wow, OK. One rule for one and then another rule for the other. Indeed. And, and you know, the trouble is, I, I have to say, I thought he'd come to the point where the people with his, within his own party had recognised that. But it's now looking a bit scarily, as if uh, he might be once again making a leadership bid for the leadership of the Conservative Party. And I just cannot understand why people would want to trust the man with a political party, let alone with the country. Mm. Um, you know, this this week, of course, when he's been um, making offensive remarks about um, uh, Muslim women who are wearing a burqa, or, um, uh, it's interesting because... You know, some people put this down to a sort of gaffe. I don't. I think Garrett, uh, I think uh, Boris is too clever for that. I think he has met with Steve Bannon. I think he's taking lessons out of that alt right playbook. I think he will not apologise, but he will enjoy having been on the front of the newspapers for the last week. And in fact, of course, I'm playing exactly into his hands by saying he's the person I really, really dislike and giving him publicity. So part of me hates that I hate him, but. 
I just do. Because you're giving him exactly what he's exactly. exactly what he wants. He craves that controversy. That's what he's done this for, you know. Um, and uh, he will be loving it, and he'll be loving the sort of um, you know people calling on him to um, apologise, but then a whole load of you know other people whose attitudes are, to say the least, suspect, going, oh, yeah, Boris, just saying what the rest of us think, which is, you know, I don't think most right-thinking people do, however much they disagree with with somebody, think, one, it's necessarily right to comment on what women wear, and two, to provide weapons for those who want to have a go at um, uh, Islam and uh, Muslim women. And, you know, there is plenty of Islamophobia out there without providing people with the ammunition to to throw. Absolutely, it's a pretty sick and sad way to get yourself to the top if that's what you're going for. Indeed, and I think he is going for it I'm afraid, you know, he's a man who's not short of self-confidence and, you know, I think he still thinks he can be leader of the Tory party. Oh, it's tough, isn't it? <laughs> wow, and so going back to what you said about uh, about him being a bit lazy, you sort of can gauge that by the way that he dresses himself, whether he dresses himself and the way he... In- oh, no, no, but you see once again, I think this is a show. Ah, right? okay. Uh, I think there are some people who are genuinely sort of untidy, and I'm probably going back too far for some of your um, some of your listeners. But I I'm doing a book at the moment, actually, with Ian Dale, who you did the who's also done this podcast, and we're doing a book about all of the women MPs who've ever been elected to Parliament Great. Um, in the last hundred years. And I wrote about Shirley Williams, and what people may remember or not about Shirley Williams is that notoriously she used to be sort of quite untidy and have untidy hair and everything she genuinely did because she was a busy woman who thought i just can't be bothered to think about doing make doing my hair and what i'm going to wear i have seen boris ruffle up his hair before he goes in front of a tv camera so this is not oh i'm you know i'm just too brainy and too busy to worry about what i look like this is a once again a calculated effort to look like that it makes him seem so much more dangerous right (laughs) that it's all it's all pre-planned isn't it's all premeditated i think he's you know i think ever since he arrived at eton probably before that he's been planning how he's going to become the prime minister and it must have been agony for him to see his eaten chum david cameron become prime minister before him i think the whole thing's been a sort of you know trajectory and a, and a plan since then do you think that do you think it was a bit of a competition then between those two today? Well, I'm sure, you know, let's be honest, you don't even get elected to Parliament, let alone become a minister without being pretty competitive. Mm. And I always say that anybody who says, um, you know, anybody who's a sort of serious politician who, if you ask them, would you like to be a senior minister or the prime minister, and they say no, they're a big fat fibber. (laughs) And, uh, you know, so I think most people eye the top job. Not everybody is as focused and devious about their trajectory to get there as I think Boris is. Okay. But you'd be happy to take uh, David Cameron second, right? <laughs> I think that's, you know. Uh, okay, Boris Johnson. <laughs> At this point, I normally ask anything else on Boris Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've, I think I've spilled uh, it. I think you have. I really think you have. You've, you've very much covered. Um, great, Boris Johnson. Who's going to be a second choice? Well, um, I suppose in some ways I'm a bit of a sort of cliche because you, there's a theme here, which is I can't stand arrogant men, and my second person I couldn't bear to be stuck with is Jeremy Clarkson. Oh, Jeremy Clarkson! Do you know, I am old enough to remember when Top Gear was a program that was actually about cars, and I used oh. to. <laughs> <laughs> wow. As you can imagine, that's a long time ago. And um, 
and I used to watch it. But we now have, it, before he left the BBC, mm. sorry, before he was booted off the BBC, um, Top Gear was a programme that used to cause family ruptures like you would not believe in my house because I've got um, two sons Mm -hmm. now in their early 20s who, um, you know, I like to think are sort of reasonable, um, tolerant, decent human beings, except that, like their dad, they are massive fans of Top Gear and whatever the bloody new one is called. Um, So so, uh, we used to have big rows and I used to say, I'm not even being in the same room whilst that man is on the TV screen. Because this is another man, right, who has a sort of posh upbringing, who takes pleasure out of insulting other people. Oh, but it's just a laugh, Jackie, say people to me. And Mm. I just, one... I, I do think I'm, you know, I don't want to come over sounding all po-faced. I do think I've got a good sense of humour. I just don't find a bunch of overpaid blokes messing around and breaking cars all that hilarious. Yes. And I don't find his, you know, I can just about put up with James May. Uh, Richard Hammond, I think, is like a little mini-me running around after the bully going, oh, let me be in your gang, let me be in <laughs> yeah, your gang, yeah. which is sort of a bit pitiful. Yes. But, um, but <laughs> Jeremy Clarkson is clearly the sort of chief bully. And I've come across too many people like that in my life to want to pay my licence fee or my Amazon, whatever it is, in order <laughs> yeah. to watch them on the telly. So, uh, yeah. no, I can't stand the man. OK, it's, very, it's, it's kind of this brash, like, I think it's, it's, uh, it should be left in the annals of history, really, that type of character, right? I, I think so. You know, there's, there's, there's pranks and there's funny things and, you know, I'm not, I'm not somebody who can't see a bunch of blokes having fun, but that just, the amount of money that was spent on it, the amount of time it's spent on my TV screen, the influence I felt it was having on my sons, they've turned mm. out all right, incidentally, yes. um, <laughs> was just, you know, drove me up the wall. So I was glad when he was booted off the BBC and disappointed when he found another highly paid um, yes. place to make his programme. And then recently he was on um, uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Was did, he? Did you see that? I didn't. What, was he a contestant? No, he, he on the reboot of, uh, there was like a, an anniversary um, edition of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. It was on yeah. every night for a week. Um, for some reason they didn't bring back Chris Tarrant. Unsure why. Uh, but they brought um, they brought in Jeremy Clarkson. Clarkson oh, did no. every night of the week as the host of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Well, there we go. I'm glad I didn't see it. And if I'd known it was on, I'd have Deliberately ignored it. <laughs> you deliberately ignored it. <laughs> not a bad programme, but no, not something I would watch if he was presenting it. Have you ever had any dealings with Jeremy Clarkson? Have you ever met him? No, luckily. No. I mean, okay. he has written, He's, you know, in his columns, he's written, when I was Home Secretary, he wrote sort of disobliging things about me. But then I don't hate everybody who's written disobliging no. things about me as Home Secretary. <laughs> Otherwise, you know. Did it maybe fuel the fire? list? <laughs> Somewhat. Okay. All right, Jeremy Clarkson, yeah. Interesting. Does it, I think he lives on the Isle of Man, right? I wouldn't be surprised. Get out of paying his taxes. Yeah. Another reason to hate him. <laughs> he can stay on that bloody island, but he's not coming on an island with me. Okay. <laughs> Jeremy Clarkson is your second choice. Okay. And who is going to be your third choice for your desert island? Well, my third choice, I don't know his name, mm. but this is a man. So he, to continue the car theme here. This is a man who, probably about 18 months, two years ago now, I was standing in a queue to pick something up, actually, at our local post office, and I'd parked my car on the other side of the road opposite. And I I was looking at... I just turned around to look at my car, and I thought to myself, that guy 
is reversing very close to the to my car. And as I continued to watch, he reversed into my car. As if. No. So I saw the car, you know, I literally saw the car jolt as he reversed into it. I thought, bloody cheek. Yeah. Do I want to give up my place in this queue to go and have a go? Anyway, anyway I won't. But it, he got out of the car and came into the, to the place where I was queuing. So I thought, I can't let him get away with this. So I said to him, excuse me, you do know that you just reversed into my car? At which point he said to me, no, I didn't, no. And I said, well, well you did, because I stood here and watched you reverse into my car. And he said, I couldn't have done, because I've got a camera, one of those reversing cameras, and I, I was looking at it, and I definitely didn't see myself reversing into ah. your car, so I couldn't have done. In other words, this is a man who would rather believe an inanimate object than he would... A woman who was yeah. who was owning the car that he had bumped into, and who was witnessing him across the road. This was one of those. In the end, I was just sort of so gobsmacked by his behaviour, and oh. the car wasn't really damaged. I didn't okay. take it any further, but I just sort of thought, oh, as if you can use that, yeah, and just put. So there was no damage to the car. No. Okay, all right, that's fine. I but, can't claim that he. No, 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 no. yeah, but but to, the, the fact that he said I was looking at the camera, surely he felt it. He must have done must because have it my car. car. I mean, it wasn't a very heavy car, but my car moved, so he must have he must have felt it, but wasn't willing to, you know. Oh God, man up, mate. Say, say sorry. Just to say, you know? yeah, just to say, okay, I'm sorry that I did do that. Is there anything yeah. I can do? But let that be a lesson to you. If you've got those reverse, I haven't. But if you've got those reversing cameras on your car, you can't always trust them. Trust the woman who watched yes. it. Don't trust the camera. I think you are actually being too trusting of the man uh, in saying that he, <laughs> that he that he was looking at his camera. I think he probably felt it and he was just making out. He was just bull. Yeah, I think me. so, yeah. I think you might be right, James. Actually, I'm going back to uh, you I'm should. going back to Abbey. <laughs> How big's your town? Go and find this guy. <laughs> Drive around until you see his car and uh, let him know. As if. Yeah. It's a sort of like mini Jeremy Clarkson type. You can see the style of person that yes. I Yes. Well, I if his car's like. got a little camera in it, I'm or that can see backwards. I'm already picturing the type of person that maybe yeah. owns that car. Yeah. Right. Okay. You're picturing him in right. So the man with the little reversing camera? Yeah. Okay, the man with the little <laughs> reversing camera. Camera, <laughs> little reversing camera goes on the island. Okay, lovely. Um, all right, Jackie. Now, mercifully, among the wreckage of the plane, there was some food and drink left over. Unfortunately for you, it's your least favourite food and drink in the world. What are they and why are they so bad? The food mm. would be anything that is salted caramel. Really? Now, I know this is the big... I, and I have to confess, I've changed my mind on salted caramel. <laughs> I used, you know, when it first arrived, I thought, this is brilliant, mm. you know, lovely, oh, great. Yeah. The trouble with it is, it is everywhere, yes. isn't it? Right? Okay, yeah. And it is sort of been downgraded. So, you know, I had a salted caramel ice cream, uh, or taste of one, because I would never choose it the other day. And it was... It didn't have any salt in it, and it was just caramel, basically. But it was called salted caramel, because you can't just have caramel, yes. you just have salted caramel. Yes, yes. And the biggest monstrosity of all this year, do you know, I think it was Marks and Spencer's, did salted caramel hot cross buns. No, what is that about? No, that is That is a horrible thing. I can't imagine that flavour. But you name it, you get it in salted caramel. Ice cream, hot cross buns, cheesecake, yes. cake. Yes, yes. 
Uh, but you're anything. right, it, it now has to say salted caramel. Yeah. Like, like um, before meat, it quite often you have to put pulled now, right? You're going to have a pulled <laughs> chicken or a pulled beef, whereas before yeah. you could just happily have chicken Which or Which basically beef. means you've cooked it so much that it's fallen into those stringy bits that yeah. means it's really, really difficult to swallow unless you take in a big load of drink at the same yeah, time. Yeah, that's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Salted caramel. So I, what I will say is just um, I will have anything that's sweet. Offer me anything that is sweet and I will have it. Including so, salted caramel? And co- Including salted caramel. Although, I have to be honest, it's not going to be my first choice. You know, like, I've tried it before, but I think it is quite Do you think it's coming to the end of its time, salted caramel? Is it on the way down or is it still on the way up? I think, like pulled pork, people have had enough. You know, used to be, there's a um, a restaurant around the corner, I won't name any names, but they do pulled pork sandwiches. It used to be the case, they were queued around the street. I don't know why I'm comparing it to pulled pork, just a fad food, a fad food. Um, Queuing around the street, and now you can go in and you can get a table any time of day because it's over. I feel like salted caramel is almost there. Yeah. Right, because you can get a salted caramel hot cross bun, which yeah. sounds disgusting. Salted caramel latte. Salted caramel latte. Well, why not have a coffee latte? <laughs> yeah. I'm so old school. <laughs> <laughs> or just a caramel latte. <laughs> you don't need anything. You don't need any salt. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Okay. Salted caramel. Well, it's your island, and so salted caramel goes on. And what's going to be your drink choice? Cider. Cider. Oh, cider. Honestly, what? What? <laughs> The thing about cider is it is either that gruesome... You know, in the good old days, mm. you used to have... Uh, funny enough, it was one of the first alcohol drinks I ever had because my mum's my uh, family came from Hereford, okay. where obviously there's Bulmers and quite mm, a lot of popular. cider. Mm. And they used to, before the meal, my granddad used to have a, a bit of Strongbow cider. And I used to have a little sip of it and think, oh, that's really quite nice. Now, of course, you've got either... This, like, horrible fruit-flavoured stuff, which is like a down-market alcopop, if that's possible. Yeah. Um, you know, what What do you want to put cherry in cider for? It's, it's disgusting. True. It's true. Or, you know, you've got the equivalent of... You know, I like beer and I like real ale, but this whole real cider thing, scrumpy... I mean, mm. it's like some... West Country farmer has wrung out his wet underwear it's into true. a big barrel. <laughs> yeah. It's cloudy, it's got a weird taste to it, what is in it, who knows and you know, so at either end of the cider spectrum it's horrible. Yeah, I wonder were you describing Boris Johnson there or cider? Okay, <laughs> uh, okay, cider yeah, I know, I know what you mean, those those ones that are like uh, like um uh, specific brands that are just like an alcopop, like it's got too many berries in. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. oh, it's blueberry and cherry flavour. And then when yeah. you taste it, it's just so sweet. Uh, with the cloudy cider as well, it's just, it just tastes like petrol or something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I've yeah. never tasted petrol, but I can imagine it's, you know. I think as if bad you weren't petrol. drinking it, those farmers would be putting it on their fields to kill the, the weeds. <laughs> <laughs> Salted caramel cider. I can see it coming. Mark my words. <laughs> oh my somewhere God. or another, someone is working on salted caramel cider. I'm almost tempted to Google now. I bet it exists. <laughs> it almost definitely exists. I, I Actually, I did see a toffee apple cider. There you go. So that that's practically it. It's quite close. Yeah. Okay, cider. Yes. So you said it was one of the first drinks that you had, one of the first alcoholic drinks you remember having. <laughs> what? You're making me sound like, uh, you know, some some old... Uh, tramp down the <laughs> no, some just, teenager on, with a bottle on of a diamond bar, on white. Bar, down, on look, we all did it, Jackie. No, I'm joking. <laughs>
This was before my park bench days. Right. This was my sort of like really young days. What was that? Mad Dog 2020 was the park bench <laughs> days. <laughs> no, okay. Uh, cider. At the time, I imagine cider was a lot nicer to drink. In the, at the time, like in the olden days. <laughs> the olden days. Before all of these modern ciders. Before okay. all this salted caramel. It was, um, I mean, it was... It was my first drink, so you yeah. know it was. It was because you know when you're like really young, you oh, don't yeah. like beer. Um, I used to drink. I'm beginning. I'm sounding like an alky child, and my parents <laughs> will be taken. I'll be taken away from my parents. Yeah. Um, I used to occasionally have, you know, a bit of red wine with water in it. Mm. But the thing I really used to like was a little sort of like centimeter in the bottom of a glass of cider. This is when I was. This this like was when I was sort of. 10 or 11. Really? Okay, wow. Parents, do not do this. Just don't give your kids alcohol. (laughs) Very liberal in the the Smith household. (laughs) It's all right, hasn't done me any harm. Yes, okay. (laughs) Very healthy relationship with alcohol. Okay, I've made a note there. Uh, Okay. (laughs) I'm drinking water. Tell your listeners I'm drinking water. (laughs) I've not slipped any... Dodgy cider in there. <laughs> okay. Brilliant. Okay, uh, so cider. Cider's going to bring you a drink choice. And Jackie, fortunately for you, you won't be without entertainment on the island. The plane's entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck, it only has two working settings. One is your least favourite film of all time and the other is your least favourite song. What are they and why? So my least favourite film is Titanic. Titanic? Yeah. I know, it's massively popular. Biggest blockbuster of all time or something, is it? Is it? It, pro- it, it may well be. Yes. I mean, I certainly know plenty of people who've watched it. And, I've, you know, I've watched it. Mm. I hated it. Yeah. I mean, bloody hell, you know the ending before you've started watching it, you know? <laughs> the whole thing is just like a downward, depressing slide <laughs> yeah. onto that door. Because you know how end. it ends. <laughs> Down onto that door. It's not going to... It's not going to end well. Yeah. And, um, it, you know, people are getting locked down below the... Uh, I don't like disaster moves and I don't like... I sound like a sort of control freak. Mm. Uh, I wonder why that is. But um, I hate <laughs> movies that are full of disaster and chaos and, you know, mm. it makes me very tense. Okay. And in that one, I mean, I have to say... I love Kate Winslet and I love Leo DiCaprio. These are brilliant actors, but there's just something about this film mm. that I find really irritating. And, you know, it is partly knowing what's coming. It's partly I just don't find the, st- I find the story just frustrating because everything goes wrong. Mm. And then it ends with that sort of, let him come on the door for goodness sake. Why are you? <laughs> why is he in the water yeah. and you're surviving? Um, it's a very big door, isn't it? It's a huge <laughs> it's door. It's a huge door. Why yeah. could they not both we fit on got there? Six or seven people on. <laughs> could have saved a family. She's going, no, she's on there on her own. Very. What you didn't see beforehand is her batting people up. <laughs> It's all me. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, who knows? They could be, you know, Ro- what's her name? Rose, is it? Yeah, Rose, yeah. yeah. Rose and him. Jack. Uh, Jack. Yeah. Jack and Rose could end up on my desert island having sort of floated there <laughs> yeah. from the wreckage of the, t- of the Titanic. Um, and perhaps they could convince me that Titanic is not such a terrible film. But Okay, wow. And they'd maybe be 
be being paid to promote it and do that. Um, <laughs> you said at the beginning it was like a downward slide from uh, on that door from the from the beginning to the end. If anyone from Universal Studios is listening, that could be the ride, couldn't it? You get on a giant door and you just slide <laughs> through to the end of the Titanic. And I hope there's nobody, you know, I probably, before I said this, I should probably have said spoiler alert, shouldn't I? You know, just in case there's <laughs> yeah, anybody in, case. in the whole world that goes to see Titanic and goes, bloody hell, Jackie Smith's given <laughs> the end away. Yeah. Boat sink. <laughs> Headline, Jackie Smith gives away the ending of Titanic. Um, yeah, I've never thought of it like that, but I, I don't think, unless someone's ruined the ending for me, you, oh, I know, I suppose that's not true, if you've seen Dunkirk. or um, What I was going to say is, you know, you go in knowing how it's going to end, so yeah. it's, ne- it's never going to be bright. I mean, actually, you see, I love Dunkirk. I thought that was a great film. But, that is a great yeah, film, yeah. It's a, great it's film. a different film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. No, no, I didn't mean it like that. Um, oh, shit, set me straight, Jay. <laughs> no, set me straight. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why. I didn't mean it like that. Um, how do you feel about the song? I hate it. You hate the song? I hate it. It was, it was close to being my least favourite song. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. No, I can't bear it. I'm not a big Celine Dion fan. It's all a bit sort of that... I don't mind a bit of a ballad, but that whole sort of big... I was thinking about putting a bit in, but now I don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to because I've done it. Yeah. Um, and, of course, the good thing about it is that nobody can be on a boat without getting their arms out and leaning over the side and pretending they're, you know... Yes, yeah, it's, it's so true. It, it's so it? true. Nobody can be on a boat without doing that now. But it's all a bit... Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right, fine. Okay. I uh, know I must be in a tiny minority because, as you say, this is both a massively popular film and a massively popular song. Mm. As no. is, and salted caramel is really a popular <laughs> flavour. So I am like... A lot of people drink cider. <laughs> A lot of people do yeah. this. So basically, I'm proving myself to be completely out of touch <laughs> no, with the zeitgeist. No, 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 but a lot don't, you know, it's fine. I'm, hey, I don't like cider either, but it's not my podcast, it's all about you. Um, okay, Titanic, great. And what's going to be your song choice? My song choice, it's a bit similar, actually, okay. um, but I'm sort of showing my age again. Mm. Do you know The Power of Love by mm. Jennifer Rush? Course, yeah. yeah. Not the other good one. No, not the other good not one. Not the other good one. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, the other one. <laughs> the other one, okay. the Jennifer Rush one. Because it's another sort of big, ballady, yes. not quite going anywhere, over the top type mm. thing. Yes. So, and also, I think because it came out at around the same sort I am of an age where, you know, they say that the music you will forever remember is that music you hear between the ages of about 14 and 18. Yes. So I was 14 in 1976. Right. So I can remember when punk was new. I can remember when it started. And it's exciting. So that is my sort of... That and a bit of... I noticed we were in the studio where Kerrang! Radio <laughs> is. Yeah. So a bit of punk and a bit of rock was my sort of thing mm. uh, at that uh, important age. And so this whole Jennifer Rush Power of Love thing was like the absolute opposite of what I was listening to and what I liked. OK, all right. So, OK, I see what you mean. It's like now I listen to a lot of bands and a lot of pops, pop stuff I'll turn my nose up at, yeah. right, because it's the opposite of... OK. Although, you see, sense. I will... Um, 
I did turn my nose up at a lot of pop stuff at the time. Yes. But I will now go back and quite enjoy stuff that I turned my nose up at the time, you know, so Mamma Mia and all the ABBA stuff. Right, yes, yes. The Banana Rama um, uh, reunion last year and all of that. Great, great. That's great. Yeah. Did you go? I, you know, I had tickets and I had to go and work abroad. Oh. So my two sisters went with a, <laughs> another of their friends instead of me and my two sisters, which is what it should have been. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. What stuff, what punk stuff, what did you like? Oh, well, I was lucky because where I grew up in, in Malvern, although in some ways it's a sort of small town in Worcestershire, it was on the circuit for all the good bands at the time. Amazing. So the type of band, so who came to Malvern? Uh, I saw um, the Undertones, I saw um, the Buzzcocks, I saw the Clash, I saw the Stranglers. Oh, amazing. I didn't see Motorhead, right, because they did come, but they'd been on top of the pops and they were so late that I had to ring up my mum and dad and say, is it OK if I stay a bit later because they're not here yet? And my mum and dad said, no, it's a school night, you've got to come home. So I never got to... Oh, you were there and you had to go I was home. There and I never got to see No way! But, you know, oh, wow. And I, but, I wasn't even rock and roll enough to say, no, no, God, yeah. I'm staying out, Mum yeah. and Dad. I sort of went, oh, all right then. Oh, I was God. really disappointed, though. As you can see, you know, all those years, 40 years later, I am still smarting from the fact that I didn't get to see Motorhead. Jackie, there were no mobile phones. You didn't have to check in. You, you, should right, have just, have you shouldn't have bothered. I was on a, are you right? I was on a payphone. <laughs> yeah. I could have just said, oh, sorry, yeah. ding, 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 money's running out, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> At the front, moshing to Motorhead. Yeah, as if. I was a very good child. Wow, you saw some good gigs, though. Yeah, they were, they were brilliant. I'm yeah. very jealous. Yeah. Okay, amazing. Am I right? People could say there were three Power of Loves released in a short period of time, right? So, yeah. So, um... Frankie Goes to Hollywood, yeah, the Jennifer one. Rush yeah. and Huey Lewis and the News. Oh, of course. Uh, that... that must have been a bit later, though, Huey yes, Lewis Yes, so was it yeah. just in the 80s? Oh, maybe I get this wrong. Yeah, I think, yeah. The 80s was a whole ten years, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like just a moment. No, but I... You were I, probably born in the 80s, weren't you? I was, I was born in 88, yeah. There like, you go, I, like, I couldn't remember the, f- <laughs> I couldn't remember the fact. I didn't know if it, the fact was it, they were released within the 80s or within, like, a year I period. I think it was within the 80s. Within no, the 80s, I think the, okay. the two, yeah. the Jennifer Rush and the... Frankie Goes to Hollywood, I think were released quite close to each other, but I think the Hugh Lewis one was a bit separate. Okay. But, you know... All released in the 80s, much like me. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Okay, Jennifer Rush, Power of Love. Okay. Jackie, and finally, the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals. Which animal is it and why? It's a snake. It's a snake. Okay. Well, you must get that a lot, don't you? We've had a few snakes. (laughs) (laughs) It's very methodical, the snake, I think, because... If you're going to be stuck on an island, but go for it. Why are the snakes? I just, I just can't stand them. I just, okay. I'm really scared of them. I, um, uh, you know, the idea that they will sort of crawl up your trouser leg oh. or, you know, poison you or... I mean, you know, the rat was a close-run thing, I have to say, but the snake, is. there's just something about it without any legs and slithering around the place mm. that is all the sort of caricature of everything that you think is scary or that I think is scary in an animal. Yes, and it's okay. probably, you know, I, I'm not a great religious person, but there's probably something biblical and or Freudian. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> In me not liking a snake. It could be, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they are quite terrifying, really. And like, you know, it's quite a bizarre animal. Did you see that story last week about a snake that ate a pigeon? In South London yes. somewhere, right? It's unbelievable. God, I've 
haven't got a place in South London. I'm um, keep, <laughs> keeping my eyes out when yeah. I walk down there. <laughs> Who's got it? Who put a snake there? That is scary. But loads it's of a people, python or something, right? Pe- loads of people have them as pets, don't they? I mean, I've got a very, very good friend who's got a sort of big section of their garage given over to snakes and God knows what else. And then they escape or they get sick of them and then they disappear and, you know, appear in some South London road or yes. come up your toilet. Yeah. That's the other thing, isn't it? You know, it occasionally crosses my mind that you will lift the lid of your toilet. Because it does happen. Yes, yeah. But you lift the lid of your toilet and there's a bloody snake there. Yes, yeah. You can't be too careful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I guess in South London now a snake could come up your toilet. It's potentially. A- <laughs> Who are you hanging about with that's got snakes in their garage? <laughs> Who are these people? No, it's a good friend of mine. Okay, but Lots right. of people keep, you know, have this mm. keeping reptiles thing. I, I don't think I could I could find affection for a reptile. Do you know what I mean? And besides which, you have to keep dead little mice in your freezer, don't you? Yes. And feed them to them. That's quite bizarre as well. You don't well. want a dead ma- mouse in your freezer. No, you don't. You might confuse it for the fish fingers. <laughs> have a little mouse sandwich. <laughs> okay, a snake. Yeah, anything else on snakes before we leave them there? No, that'll do. Okay, that. snakes go on the island. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming in, Jackie. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. So you mentioned earlier on... It's like therapy. Is it? Is it? People have said it's <laughs> cathartic. Yeah, just let loose. Okay, yeah. Oh, you go yeah. and relax after this. Um, uh, so you mentioned Ian earlier. You do uh, For The Many podcast. Yeah. Do you want to tell people about For The Many? So Ian Dale and I, um, Ian is a sort of, not no longer a Conservative Party member, but very much a sort of on the right of the political spectrum, LBC presenter, um, has in the past done blogs and all sorts of things, and myself have actually been friends for some time now. We did uh, Sky newspaper reviews together and we decided just over a year ago that we would start a podcast and it is politics, a bit of gossip, a bit of smut. Somebody described it as being a bit like confessions of <laughs> window cleaner type. <laughs> okay, yeah. Carry on. I think politics. Ian opened the last episode with I like big butts and I cannot yeah. lie. <laughs> it was fat bottom girls. Fat bottom girls. Because he'd been to see he'd been to see some Queen tribute band. Right, okay, yes, yes. Yeah. But we have at various points talked about a whole range of smutty things. But we also do you know sort of pol- political discussion of the week. We disagree quite a lot, but we also agree quite a lot. And one of the things that people quite often say about the program is um, it's refreshing to hear people who come from different political backgrounds and disagree but can do it in a friendly way because I think at the moment there's a lot of toxicity in the debate the political debate and a lot of sort of personal vitriol and hatred being stirred up and both of us are sort of passionate about politics mm. as a process come at it from different sets of values and ideas but think it's possible to discuss it in a sort of reasonable way so that's the sort of vibe of the podcast for the many available on all good podcast platforms nice okay <laughs> <laughs> Very well practised. And Jackie, if people want to get you on social media, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter, Jackie underscore Smith one. Okay, great. Yeah. All right, great. Oh, I'm too old for things like... Uh, I am on Instagram, but I, as my sons keep pointing out to me, Mum, you never post anything. You're really boring. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jackie. My pleasure. 